Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the, uh, you know, the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius Podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now back to the show. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Ula Christian Sivertson. He's the president and group CEO of what's called Desert Control. Uh, we're going to talk about a, um, a system that uh, will work with and against the negative effects of climate change and desertification. Uh, the website is desertcontrol.com. So, Ula, thank you for coming. Oh, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Oh, great. Tell me about uh, a bit about your background. How did you get involved with this company as its CEO, and what, what led up to this moment? Well, it's a good question, um, and um, it's uh, it's actually quite a quite a story because my background is not from the agricultural space. Uh, my background is uh, basically from the uh, IT and digital uh, world. Um, the last eight years before this journey, I was in the more satellite services, telecommunication, and satellite services business. And, um, you know, what I learned is that sometimes we are too close to our problems to actually see them. So we need to get a little bit of uh, perspective. And that's what the satellite industry gave me the opportunity to get by looking at this planet from, from space, from a, from a satellite perspective. Uh, 
and uh, being able to kind of put together the pieces. If you kind of like take this, uh, the, the, this planet that we live on and you run a, a time uh, warp, you know, over, over some generations uh, to see what's actually going on to the surface uh, and face of this planet, uh, that gave me a strong, compelling reason to, to think about how can I be part of doing something with it. And um, yeah, without making it a very long answer, that combined with an experience and a journey I had in Africa, where I spent some time with uh, an organization called Mercy Ships, uh, who uh, they were able to repurpose a Danish rail ferry into a floating hospital and providing hope and healing uh, in places in the uh, west coast of Africa, where basically all hope is lost if you even need basic medical help. And that inspired me so much to see how they could actually, uh, you know, reignite the hope in people who came there for their help and went back and changed the faith of entire villages. So on my way back um, uh, to the US after that journey, I was just thinking about the combination of how hope is disappearing by the extreme degree of desertification, loss of fertile soil and water scarcity, uh, and uh, and sort of the 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 ability to create hope in this world that I that I was inspired by from from mercy ships. Uh, so that led to uh, taking a jump out of uh, you know very secure and uh, and promising uh, executive career in the corporate world to doing something as crazy as joining a startup and uh, and doing something a bit more down to earth than satellites here with uh, with desert control okay well tell me what's the premise of desert control what are you guys doing so the premise of desert control is that we are a company who has set out to um, uh, make earth green again by stopping and reversing desertification, soil degradation, and water scarcity. So the innovation that we have come up with uh, is a way to liquefy natural materials, minerals, and clay structures into a liquid that's nearly as thin as water. This liquid can be applied to sandy soils, degraded land, and desert areas, and it will percolate into the ground by the force of gravity and bind itself to every grain of sand through that loose sandy structure, turn it into a structure more like a farming soil that retains water and nutrients just like a sponge. This liquid can also be used to uh, not just uh, repair or, or turn sort of deserted and desert areas back into fertile lands, but it can also be used to protect existing areas in uh, exposed regions, uh, in arid regions and uh, areas exposed to desertification. And it can be used to reduce the water consumption and fertilizer consumption for uh, agriculture, green landscapes, uh, trees and forests, etc. Is it a liquid, like a liquid? Well, I guess we can describe it, but it's a, what, a liquid that you spread over your land and it's supposed to help accomplish all these things? Yes, it is. It's a liquid um, that is nearly as thin as water. So you can you can spray it out over your land with uh, 
any kind of like spraying or irrigation equipment. Uh, we are even deploying it through existing uh, irrigation lines, drip lines, uh, uh, sprayers, uh, etc. And when this liquid is supplied to the top of the surface, uh, these uh, mineral and natural material particles and the clays that are in there, they will penetrate through the surface, even on an existing landscape. So you could basically spray it on your lawn or your farming field, and it will percolate in and go down into the root zone structure level of that uh, soil to create this basin or, or this area that, uh, that retains water and nutrients. Okay. I'm sure some of it's proprietary, but what can you say about the liquid? What's in it and how does it work, et cetera? Yeah. So, so um, I mean, we, uh, we, we do have a patented process. Uh, so, so, so that part is fine. And, and what's basically in it, the ingredients of this liquid is only natural materials, uh, mineral, uh, minerals and clays that are native to richer soils. Uh, um, so uh, we have a, a process that liquefies it without the usage of any chemicals or any additional agents. It's pure natural minerals combined with water water and uh, and, and and air and, um, and and that's basically it but it's processed through a very specific and uh, patented process with uh, uh, equipment that we bring in on site to the, the 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 property the land or the farming field and we process this liquid through very special processing units that we bring in and um, uh, then can apply the liquid from these units uh, directly onto uh, sprayers or irrigation systems. Okay. Um, so where has this been applied out in the field yet? You know, how are you testing it and uh, you know, what have been the results? The ID for, for um, uh, this um, LNC, liquid natural clay, also referred to as liquid nano clay, came about in uh, 2005. Um, then it's undergone uh, some 12 years of R&D and development and some uh, field trials and testing sort of at the early stages. Then after 2017, when the company was, uh, was um, uh, officially incorporated um, uh, as desert control, We've undergone um, uh, three to four years of independent validation that was necessary because, I mean, let's face it, uh, liquid, uh, natural clay, thin as water you apply to the land and you can save 50% water and turn desert into farming land. I mean, that sounds too good to be true. So so um, what we had to do was to work with uh, independent validation organizations. Uh, so we've worked with uh, the International Center for Biosaline Agriculture, a research center that has done trusted third-party independent validation of this. Uh, we've worked with universities such as the University uh, of Arizona that we're currently working on, uh, on, on similar validation studies to have this independent um, way of getting that confirmation of the results that we had in our earlier trials. Since then, we've been active in the Middle East uh, as our sort of initial testing market um, uh, since 2018. We've deployed this to uh, multiple uh, uh, pilot projects uh, with uh, uh, farms, with uh, parks and landscape areas, trees, uh, uh, shrubs, uh, date palms, fruit trees, uh, various types of vegetables, uh, and we're now, just as we speak, uh, growing watermelons and bell peppers in, you know, something that was 
just pure desert sand uh, in the very south of the U.S. in Yuma in Arizona. So um, that's been a total makeover transformation project that we shared uh, quite an inspirational video of that transformation recently on on our social media channels. So in what situations would you use this and you know how long does it take take effect, et cetera? Yeah. So, so I mean, if you have uh, a soil uh, that used to be uh, healthy, that you're seeing less and less organic matter and is getting more and more sandy and dry and arid um, in areas with uh, with already degraded lands or, or or sandy soils that just consume a lot of water, is the places where you would uh, use this. Uh, you would do a one-time application, and uh, by our experience so far, uh, we see that that has a very good duration, uh, at least for a three to five-year period. Um, if you're tilling the land um, uh, quite heavily, you may have to do a small retreatment or a top-up or booster shot after the fourth year, maybe. But those are some some examples of uh, where you would consider using it and uh, and uh, and the the impact of it over time. I mean, it sounds like you need, uh, I guess, quite a, a lot of the substance. You have to mix it with water and then spray it over fields. Do you need tons of it for a given application or how much is needed? Well, we have a very, very unique process of utilizing the materials uh, in a in a very good way. So, uh, if you think about sort of using typical clays, for example, in agricultural soil, that's something that's been you know done in various parts of the world for uh, thousands of years, I think. Uh, but you need a lot uh, in uh, the traditional way. You need a lot of the material. You need a lot of clay to to get uh, a good water holding capacity into a sandy soil. Reference uh, uh, volumes of the materials that you've been uh, needing has been to up to a hundred kilograms of uh, of clay per square meter or cubic meter of uh, of land. But thanks to the unique nano processing that we are using. We're able to actually destructure the, the mineral uh, composition in a way that um, allows us to get the same results and even better results uh, by using less than one kilogram. So from 100 to less than one kilogram per square meter of cubic of, uh, of soil. And that's the real disruptive, unique part of our, our technology that also helps to make this scalable easy to apply because you don't need these enormous uh, amounts of the of the raw materials and as you also process it into a liquid it's very easy to deploy it because it's uh, a non-intrusive way you don't need to remove the surface vegetation it will percolate in by the force of gravity so those are are, are some of the benefits on, uh, on 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 this if let's say some remote farm or some place that uh, is connected to infrastructure really well needs to put this on their fields you know, how would it be transported? Is it transported as like a dry powder and then mixed? Or how would it be applied again in, in bulk and mm-hmm. transported to the site where it needs to be used? Yeah, yeah. So um, we have our processing units. Um, uh, we have a small unit that's just basically a, a trailer that you pull behind a, a pickup truck. Uh, and we have some larger units for larger fields and larger areas that are in the shape size of a 20 foot container. We bring that in. We bring in highly concentrated uh, dried materials, so the minerals and the clays, uh, so that it's easy to transport. Uh, and then we add the uh, water that we need and process it on site and then deploy it to the fields. 
So what kind of a field would need this? Does it work on just desert or does it work on degraded fields or you know, where is it ideal to apply it? It's ideal to apply it if you have a sandy soil um, and uh, lots of areas have sandy and degraded soils. Uh, I mean, in the U.S., if you look at um, the majority of, uh, of, uh, of Arizona, for example, is, uh, is, is a very highly sandy soils and, uh, and degraded soils. Uh, a lot of the Midwest is, uh, is seeing a lot of the organic matter becoming lower and lower. So you get more and more sandy and mineral rich soils. Uh, um, so for, for the U.S., as an example, I mean, I would say Arizona, Nevada, a large part of, uh, of California, especially Southern California, New Mexico, at least half of Texas is, uh, is, is typical sandy soil areas where this has a very high value. Of course, in the Middle East where we are, um, uh, huge parts of Spain and Portugal and Southern Europe, Australia, uh, the sub-Sahara region of, uh, of Africa are typical examples where you would use this. I talked about sort of the, the uh, benefit of this, of reducing the water consumption, but it's not just about the water. I mean, the problem with these, these kind of like degraded or sandy soils or, or areas and land, land that we have run so hard that it's, it's getting, you know, uh, sandier and looser is that the water is being lost through the soil. I mean, it's drizzling through just like a sieve, uh, but uh, uh, it's not just that. I mean, on, on, on average, less than 15% of the water we apply is retained in the topsoil for the plants to use it. The majority is lost to deep drainage. And as the water washes through your soil, it also washes out the expensive fertilizers and other inputs that the farmer puts in there. That causes uh, harm to our environment by leaching of nitrogen that goes into our groundwater systems and into rivers and lakes and eventually into the ocean. But it's also a big cost uh, drain for the, for, the, for the farmer, for the grower, for the landowner to lose so much of these more and more expensive uh, inputs. So if you have a soil where you see that uh, you're retaining very little of the water, you're washing out all your fertilizer, that's where you uh, would consider going to a, a treatment such as this that would um, uh, put these natural minerals back into the soil so that you retain the water, the nutrients, and you can start to recultivate and regenerate a healthy soil, build organic matter in your soil, and then create a, a self-sustaining, regenerating ecosystem. So how is this going to help? What happens once you apply it? You know, what's the time lapse and uh, the time lag and, and what's happening in the soil once it's applied? Yeah, yeah. So I, I talked a little bit about um, the, the liquid being applied to the surface, then it's percolating into the soil. Uh, what's basically happening is that you're coating every grain of sand throughout your soil structure with a nano thick layer of these minerals that have an opposing charge to the water molecules so that you will basically just like the magnetic effect hold on and uh, and keep and retain that water in your in your soil structure now when you apply this liquid it goes in um, uh, to the ground and then it's uh, uh, taking some time to actually form these bindings and create this soil structure that uh, becomes more like the rich farming soil that you can shape um, and, and turning the sand into that structure takes from the liquid is applied until you can 
feel this change approximately seven hours. Uh, and thereafter, you can immediately start to reduce the water uh, uh, consumption, the amount of irrigation water you uh, you apply to between 30 to 50 percent, a little bit depending on the soil start point and uh, and the treatment that we apply. So so it's it's got an immediate impact uh, to uh, to help reduce the water consumption and and similarly reduce the the washout of uh, fertilizers and, and and other inputs. So um, how many times does it need to be applied and how long does the effect last on a given uh, you know bit of soil? Our um, experience so far is uh, is a one-time application will last uh, for three to five years. Uh, if you are tilling the ground, um, tilling, plowing it uh, deeply so that you're mixing in untreated soil from the deeper levels, you may have to retreat or do a, a top-up uh, application after three, four, five years. Uh, but uh, a one-time application is, uh, is, is, is sufficient to get this going uh, and you'll have a good duration. So do you have actual um, farmers that have used this, you know, X number of months ago and what are they experiencing if so? Yeah, I mean, we have um, in the Middle East where we started um, um, uh, projects already back in uh, in 2018, uh, uh, farmers and landowners and park areas that have piloted this and validated this and used this. And we're now starting to do commercial uh, adoption as of this month in the Middle East. And then we started in uh, March, April here in the United States in Yuma uh, to do uh, independent validation, uh, a study that we're running with the University of Arizona. And in the next couple of weeks and months, we're starting also to to deploy uh, some um, uh, early stage US initiatives with farmers and uh, and growers in the the Yuma and Arizona area. Has anyone used this and gotten to the point where they've harvested a crop on this newly improved soil? And and if so, what's the difference? We have um, several data references uh, for uh, for this for for crops. Uh, we have uh, documented uh, water savings, um, uh, water and fertilizer savings between thirty five to fifty percent. We've also seen that when you stabilize the soil uh, in this way, so you retain more of the nutrients and create a better soil health environment. We've uh, documented increased yields as well between seventeen and all the way up to sixty. Two percent in in some projects, uh, so we've definitely seen uh, very very good results uh, so far. So, what what kind of uh, application would be suitable for this, and which ones would not be? You know, who would be your ideal type of customer situation? Well, I mean, an ideal um, customer situation is uh, a uh, farmer or a landowner who has uh, a sandy or degraded soil uh, that consumes uh, a lot of water in order to actually uh, address those issues. We also have, uh, uh, in addition to farms and, uh, and the farming area, anyone who, uh, who, uh, who has a you know, green landscape, uh, parks, uh, city parks, sports fields, and these kind of areas that also consume a lot of water where we can actually apply it to that existing vegetation without um, doing any negative impact or damage to the to the vegetation. Trees uh, is also uh, an area. I mean, uh, if you look um, um, sort of at anything from date, uh, date palms to uh, nuts and citruses and various types of fruit trees that are also very water hungry, many of them they actually enjoy a more sandy soil environment uh, where you will have significant benefits of uh, of uh, an innovation like this. 
Well, very good. Uh, Ula, where's the best place for people to find out more about this to evaluate whether it's, it'll be useful for them? I mean, uh, information can be found on our website uh, on desertcontrol.com. We also have uh, quite an extensive uh, video library on uh, vimeo.com slash desertcontrol, where you can find a lot of real-world examples of implementations, how it's being produced, how it's being applied to the field, what it actually does to the soil, several uh, reference from uh, from client implementations, etc. So those are, are good sources. And uh, also by following us on our LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter uh, accounts as well, you'll get a lot of uh, updates and ongoing information about uh, the impact of what we do. Well, very good, Ula. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, and thanks for the for the great work that you are are doing as well on spreading, uh, you know, inspiration and putting the spotlight on uh, important topics. Um, and I think our topic is one that is very much out of sight, out of mind, that happens uh, underneath our feet, uh, and it's very distributed around the world. So to get uh, this kind of global spotlight on the importance of addressing uh, soil health and uh, combating desertification and water scarcity is, uh, is, is, is very, very good and much needed. So thanks for your great work. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.